0: It's okay not to know. When overwhelm comes knocking, when there are hard, tricky, or challenging things that need to be addressed and our heart is tender, the cure is not to have all of the answers, nor is it to try to ignore how we're feeling, right? The antidote to overwhelm is focused. It's fanning the flames of our attention onto one specific area for one moment at a time. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It's your gal, Carly. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. Or if it's your first time joining us, buckle up, (laughs) because we are going unscripted today. So if you have ever listened before, then you might know that I call myself a recovering perfectionist. This is something that's so deeply ingrained in me that I brush up against any time where I notice anything as small as a typo to not having all of my notes fully organized, typed in a system. I love processes and organization and knowing that I don't have to do things rushed because I have planned them well in advance. And that's the way we started this podcast, was planning about three weeks in advance. So there was plenty of wiggle room for all the components. And then COVID happened. And with the advent of COVID, it was just clear as day to me that we needed to speak very timely to what was going on in the world. And because things since the advent of C-19 have been changing so rapidly, not just around COVID, but around racial riots and tension around government and political issues, we've made a point to move past our preferred comfort zone, <laughs> which would be to have things planned and to make sure that what we're offering is timely. And so if you're having questions that sound like, how in the world am I supposed to be focused on what's happening in the U.S. government right now and white supremacy and COVID and my health and my relationships and everything else on your plate, or maybe you're asking yourself how you're supposed to work at all or talk with your loved ones, or maybe even if your children, as if things are normal right now, what do you do? during such intense moments when you also have responsibilities. Well, I hope you're going to watch me model what I've seen work for my clients for years. So we've talked in other episodes about daring to pause and not rush having the answers. And that's the place I'm coming from today. I'm not showing up with a 100 answers for what we should be doing right now. But I am showing up imperfectly right here with you to talk about what's real in the world. Because I'm watching something really important happening. I'm watching a lot of white leaders and white-centered or white-run businesses become irrelevant. And it's kind of a good thing, right? And so for anybody that's career-driven, there seems to be this common behavior. It's two actually very specific behaviors that we're going to talk about today that gets us stuck, that gets us kind of mired down and unable to move forward. And on the flip side, is one specific character trait that I'm noticing who people who have been able to navigate this last particularly wild year all have in common. So here's what we're gonna do today. We are gonna postpone the otherwise planned content that we had to share a very specific, timely message about two main things. First, the two extremist beliefs that are so common that I see them in almost all high achievers and how they're connected to white supremacy at its core. And these are the things that are causing lots of folks to become stuck or irrelevant in their industry pretty quickly. And then we're also going to talk about the antidote to overwhelm, because who doesn't need a little bit of that right now? So my intention is that this episode is really the beginning of a long and robust conversation where we give ourselves room to feel all of it. Because it is important in these otherwise messy moments that we don't glaze over them. Nothing changes or improves when we ignore what needs to be tended to. And So today we're going to do a little tending to what's here in the room that needs to be acknowledged. So let's do a shout out here first, because that's one of my favorite parts to Faith Clark, because Faith actually shared some words in a social media post recently that are just perfect for this episode. And with her permission, I'm, I'm sharing them with you here. Now, Faith is a colleague of mine, and she's a performance consultant and the co-founder of Melody of Autism. And we had some pleasure of doing some work together a few years ago when we've stayed in touch. Now, what's interesting about Faith is that she's a former programmer and analyst. So talk about somebody who likes systems and structure, just like I do. Then she was a university lecturer, and now she's really used her training in performance psychology to help individuals and startups have the type of social impact and gain some clear strategic clarity so that they're making productive movement going forward. And she said this recently, being seen is a gift. It's something we crave, something we need in our spaces. Not being seen is one of the early indicators of not belonging. Not being seen says, "Why are you here?" But this chaotic time that we live in tempts us to hyperfocus on ourselves and miss others. Let's see someone today below the surface and celebrate the beauty in all you see. Now, I'm going to put a link to how you can get in touch with Faith and her book, because she's the author of Parenting Like a Ninja, An Autism Mom's Guide to Professional Productivity. She's such a great example of somebody who's learned how to manage, how to get through the day and still be productive, even when your life is incredibly unpredictable. So that's all right here in the show notes. But I share her beautiful message because it leads perfectly into the first of the two mindsets that we're going to cover that are really sabotaging our careers right now. And that's comfort over connection. Seeing a white supremacist break in to my country's Capitol building, lean back and put his feet on Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's desk as if he was hanging out in his living room watching a football game. was another example of how entitled us white folks think we are to seek comfort over connection. And I'm curious if you're seeing this too in the places that you work right now, but I'm watching across my industry, this ignoring thing happen where white coaches, teachers, leaders, they're sending out emails about their, I don't know, their new product, their 30-day challenge, their favorite vegan banana nut recipe, or their Sunday facial scrub routine on their social media and all their other platforms as if it was business as usual right now, as if there wasn't an attempted coup on our democracy, as if there wasn't major racial injustice happening. And A, you know a little bit more about me. I love me normally some banana nut muffin recipes, <laughs> but our choice to stay comfortable and continue to pretend that things are as usual is a part of the white supremacist mindset that really pervades our culture and our companies, our system and our government. Because if we look at this from a historical and present point of view, for white folks, business as usual is business as racist and exclusive. That has been historically the way our country here in the United States has been built. So If you're like me and you're following some of these teachers and these leaders and you're noticing the same thing and they're choosing to say nothing and stay comfortable, maybe it's feeling weird to you too, right? This is a privilege that is quickly making white leaders and white-centered businesses appropriately irrelevant. Now, if this is a new concept to you, if you're wondering how I can say that business as usual is business as racist, stay with me here for a moment. I'm going to give you some resources in just a little bit that are going to speak to this beautifully. But here's what I want to point out here from my own experience. In my 14 years as a coach, the folks that I have seen be successful are the ones that are pioneers of discomfort. The ones who dare to do what's true, even if it's kind of hard, even if it takes them outside of their comfort zone. And let me give you an example of this, because at the start of COVID, I started to notice this phenomenon very early on. This was back in March and in April. and I noticed that a lot of my clients were doing pretty darn well. And frankly, while I'd love to take credit for that, (laughs) I was perplexed by it because I'm watching a lot of places where people are struggling within their careers, certainly, of course, within health and other other places. And I'm wondering, what was it about my clients that was allowing them to be doing so well right now? And I realized that they each had a pattern of having asked themselves hard questions They had each decided at some point in their career or maybe within a marriage or any other type of relationships that they wanted to make a change. And they had dealt with this feeling of having been inspired and having been excited to make a step forward into the unknown and then the lows of worrying if they were making a mistake and all of the emotional ups and downs and energetic ups and downs that come along with living into a little bit of uncertainty and trying something different. They were these pioneers of discomfort, meaning they were willing to do something challenging if it was also the right thing to do. And so when we found ourselves in a place of global challenge, where we're all brushing up against major uncertainty, they didn't have any more answers than anybody else, nor do I, right? But they had this pattern. They had developed a strength, like as if it was an internal professional muscle that had been working out around the idea of being okay with a little bit of uncertainty and figuring out where to focus and knowing how to take steps forward even when they couldn't predict 10 steps ahead of them. And so people that practice staying focused while also addressing hard, true things, they do well. And those who are obsessed with comfort, they get stuck. So when I say those who are obsessed with comfort getting stuck, here's an example of that. Oftentimes we see this happening in careers, specifically for white people where they might really like the benefit plan that they have at their job. And that's really important, but they hate being there. And so they don't explore other job opportunities, even though they're chronically stressed out and they know it's a toxic work environment because like their house is really comfortable and they've got a mortgage and they want to just like work for the weekend and then they get two days to kind of recover and they start the whole spiral over again. So they aren't there in their career because they have to be, or they aren't there in a relationship because they have to be there. They're there because it's what they're used to. We're malleable creatures. We're highly adaptable. All of us will begin to adapt to dysfunctional behaviors or dysfunctional relationships or dysfunctional routines, and then they'll become our, our new normal, right? And we'll forget that they're there. We'll forget that they're happening. So, you know, I know that there's all these memes that say that growth is on the other side of our comfort zone. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's true. But it's not always, we don't always have to be outside of our comfort zone. We can learn really well from pleasant experiences also. But to seek out only pleasure, only comfort, only ease That's some professional bypassing, meaning rather than looking at the thing that really needs to be looked at, we kind of just work our way around it. We ignore the fact that it's there and it continues to fester until it becomes big enough that it finally screams for our attention. So mindset number one that we want to be aware of, that we want to watch out for right now is choosing comfort over connection. So you want more free time, some space to think. You know everything would be so much easier if you just had a little more wiggle room in your days. By golly, I hear ya. So let's talk about my favorite B word for a second. Boundaries. 14 years of coaching has shown me that there is a direct correlation for women between how much time and energy you have to get to the things you really care about and the types of boundaries you're setting. But nobody has taught us to set boundaries in a way that feels good. And that's why this episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is my forthcoming at-home study course that's going to give you both the tools and the community support to make having boundaries both doable and downright enjoyable. I'll make sure to let you know when it's available. So get on the list by heading over to carlyfane.com and get totally free access to the mini Boundaries Like a Boss course. There is nothing for sale in this 45-minute program that outlines the three essential mindsets that women with boundaries know. And it comes with a step-by-step guidebook that will allow you to have the script to upgrade your boundaries on the spot, even when people push back on them. You know that hunch you've had for a long time that you're meant to do something meaningful in the world? It's right. Let's make sure that you get to do just that. So similar to what Faith's quote was at the top of this episode, this idea of becoming hyper-focused on ourselves and our own well-being as a way of checking out from the attention that needs to be given to other people or to other places. And this kind of comes back to this concept from the field of positive psychology around being selfful. So being selfful looks at self care as kind of a continuum, a kind of a spectrum. So if on one end of the spectrum we have being selfish, we know that that's not the goal, right? That's not what you're trying to do. Then the other end of the spectrum is being selfless, giving everything away, showing up for everybody else at your own expense to the place of depletion. That, of course, is not the goal. But if we look at the center of that spectrum, that's where we find this concept of being self-full. So a self-full woman is a woman who nourishes herself deeply so that she can be there to show up for what it is she believes in in the world and to support other people as well. So she knows that her own nourishment is not optional. It is required. It is paramount and that we don't get so hypervigilant in our own self-care that we forget about the essential need that we all have for community care. And this ties into the second mindset that's directly related, that builds on this, that we want to keep an eye out for right now, because it's sabotaging a lot of the career and community decisions that we're making. And it's this whole my way or the highway way of looking at things. So it's this whole extremist, all in or all out, work hard or play hard, black, white, Good, bad, binary way of looking at the world or at projects or at people as if things could fit neatly into a box, as if they have to be one end of the spectrum or the other. And we forget that there's an entire spectrum. So this is another tenant. This whole high, my way or the highway is another tenant that comes to us from colonialism. It comes to us from places like white supremacy, where there's this idea of separation and that one way is good and one way is bad. And this type of fragmented thinking, it leads to division, it leads to separation, it leads to extremism that clearly harms our country, clearly harms our political systems, our medical systems, our educational systems, but it also harms ourselves as individuals when we do it in our own head, when we tell ourselves that were either all good or that were all bad, that we're doing great or that we're doing terrible. And we know that this type of extremist binary thinking might be accidentally showing up in the way you talk to yourself, for example, at work. If you've ever found yourself trying to perfect any one project, whether it's something as small as sending an email out to a colleague or a client and just spending an hour trying to draft the perfect email, or trying to land one PowerPoint presentation or thinking that one job interview has to be the job interview that makes it for you or else it's going to break it for you. And we know that mounting that kind of pressure on ourselves and that type of extremist thinking, it's exhausting. It fragments our energy and it gives us this idea that there's scarcity in the world, that there's not enough going around, that there's not going to be enough opportunity. And thus we have to scramble and hoard For ourselves, and it's not been sustainable for anyone ever, right? This is how, when we look at this on a bigger scale, we see white terrorists sitting in the Senate chamber because both they and we, I'm talking specifically to white people, have detached ourselves from the reality of what's going on, right? We assume that the way we inhabit the world and the way we experience the world is the way everybody is, and that's just not accurate. So I know as I say all this, That this is a lot for us to hold right now. And to consider looking at the ways that white supremacy has pervaded our thoughts can be really uncomfortable, right? I know that I might be stretching you here a little bit, especially if you're doing the important work of keeping your eyes open and your feet moving towards truth and towards justice. But I want to point this out as one of my beloved teachers who has entered hospice recently, she's in her final days, Deb Kaufman. She would say, It's okay not to know, meaning it really is okay to not have all of the answers right now. And so years of running my business has really taught me this much. When overwhelm comes knocking, when there are hard, tricky, or challenging things that need to be addressed and our heart is tender, the cure is not to have all of the answers, nor is it to try to ignore how we're feeling, right? So showing up and pretending like everything is perfect doesn't work in the long run. And I don't know about you, but if I took my emotional temperature every 10 minutes right now, I would get no work done (laughs) because that thermometer would be all over the place. So, you know, I'll speaking just for myself in moments where I've tried to be a super work whiz to hide out from how I feel, that gets me a little bit of respite and pockets of time. It's okay to do that consciously, but when I do it unconsciously, then what needs to be addressed doesn't get addressed. And on the flip side, if I check out entirely from my career altogether, if I just stay in bed with the covers over my head forever, not that it's not appropriate to do that sometimes, but if I do that on a consistent basis, then I'm not going to be getting to do the work that I love. Like I need to go to work both because I enjoy it and because I need to pay the bills, right? And fragmenting ourselves into, you know, home Carly and work Carly doesn't serve anybody either. That's that extremist thinking that again is sinking comfort over connection. So here's what's helping me today. Let's talk about this antidote for overwhelm. The antidote for overwhelm is not trying to do things perfectly, and it's not trying to always feel comfortable. The antidote to overwhelm is focused. It's fanning the flames of our attention onto one specific area for one moment at a time. We are our most powerful when we can be present with one thing, even if it's just for three seconds or one minute or five minutes. And this is why it was important for me last week to clear out some of the work we were doing so that I could spend one hour just drafting a timely message to everybody on our email list and to revamp this episode here today because I needed this as much as I imagine we all do, this moment to focus on what's happening in real time without fear that everything is going to fall apart if we dare to pause. Because all evidence has always shown us that even though us high achievers are scared to slow down because we imagine everything is going to crumble if we're not doing the most or if we're not in charge, the truth is that for most of us, we have seen time and time again that in those rare moments where we do slow down, not only do things not fall apart, that's where our resources start to come back together. We start to see things in a clearer way. And so I want to give you a focal point here. I'm going to give you two specifically, two places that you can go to have the information and the resources that might support you right now. Because while I don't have all the answers and perhaps you don't either, it's a myth to think that the answers don't exist. There are so many teachers who are black, brown or indigenous in the space of diversity and equity and inclusion that have been warning us of what was about to arrive on our doorstep, who have been offering methods and proven solutions. Here's some women that I've learned a lot from in the last couple of years. Lovie Ajayi, Brittany Packnick Cunningham, Alicia Garnza. These are all black women who are educators in these spaces. And it's really important that we listen to them right now. So I'm gonna put links to each of them, including some of their works here in the show notes. So wherever you're listening in, I highly encourage you to connect and support the work of these women. Being open to new ideas and new ways of seeing the world is exactly what will prevent us from stagnating and help us continue to move forward. And if you are wondering how you can talk to your kids right now or young people in your life about what's going on in the world in a way that's appropriate for their development, There's a great organization called The Conscious Kid. You can go to theconsciouskid.org. I'll put a link to them too in the show notes. They're an education, research, and policy organization dedicated to equity and promoting healthy racial identity development in youth. And they share beautiful resources, great books, all sorts of ways that you can have conversations with your kids of all different ages. So that's one way, right? One focal point is to just pick one teacher and become their best student, really absorb the information they're getting, listen to their ideas, even if they're past your comfort zone. Another thing that we can do right now is to have a focal point around the questions. I know we want answers. We want all the answers, right? But looking for quick life hacks, quick fixes, that's what got us here in the first place, right? Trying to just like placate people and move on with the day is not been a functional way of responding to anything that's important. And so I want to encourage you to perhaps join me and not rushing, needing to have all the answers right now. In fact, rather than trying to do the quick fix, what if we just go deep and we start to look at what we might have been ignoring or glazing over? And so a focal point I have right now, some of the questions I'm asking myself are, where have I been looking away? Where have I been ignoring what needed to be tended to? Where have I been scrolling past information or voices or making bookmarks and not coming back to read it or seeing the warning signs of something that's dysfunctional and not having the courage to sit with it, right? So just noticing where have I looked away and what do I need to be listening to right now? And to take our second point here, you know, if I'm not all in or all out, what does the center look like? How can I continue to be involved with what I care about, to stand up for, for what I value in a way that is sustainable for me so that I have the nourishment, so that I have the resources, so that I'm operating in a self-full capacity so that I can support both myself and others. And I'm just going to wrap up this episode really applauding you for being here with me in this conversation. If you're feeling uncomfortable right now, I want you to keep a foot there. Because I think what a lot of us are really uncomfortable with at our core is how vulnerable it is to be a human, how we never have all the answers. And the illusion of having had control or have the answers has been a privilege afforded to white people and perhaps some other folks, but it's always been an illusion. And if 2020, this past year, has taught us anything, it's that answers are not guaranteed and that living into the question is a rich space. And unlike what white supremacists think, feeling vulnerability is not a weakness. Brene Brown has done some great research, and I'll put links to it in the show notes, about how the source of meaningful human connection is mostly found through shared vulnerability. That means that if we never allow ourselves to feel tenderness, we also never allow ourselves to connect deeply with other people. Our knee-jerk reaction to armor up and to go to war with whatever it is that feels different to us or to ignore it altogether prevents us as individuals from being successful and it also prevents us as a globe from working well together. And I know we're <laughs> all of us high achievers, all my recovering perfectionist sisters out there, we would really prefer to have it all together. And asking for help or having to share our vulnerabilities makes us nauseous just thinking about it. And right there is a question to live into. What do I really think would happen if I said the thing I want to say? Or what am I ever afraid might occur? If I honor what's true here, because the common thing that binds us and what makes our courage to work together so meaningful is that we don't know how it's all going to play out. And yet we still have hope. We still have a faith that if we ally ourselves together, good might come from it. So I want to know from you, we covered some big stuff on this episode. If you only remember one thing. If you only took one nugget of insight, whether it came from something I shared or something that bubbled up within you, what is it? I hope you'll share that with me on a review on iTunes or perhaps on social media, Instagram or LinkedIn. If this episode has given you nothing else, it is permission to be messy. If you are a regular listener, you know that we normally have very structured, very pragmatic episodes. And this one was me modeling What can happen if we dare to be who we actually are in the moment? So I want to know what stood out to you. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, even when it's challenging. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.